believers, non-believers, all in unison come together on this service, on this, on this day, to just show appreciation. You know, we saw a video last week of the Passion of the Christ, a very moving scene where Jesus is beaten, and that, that touched me. I know it touched a lot of you guys because I saw the tears in a lot of your eyes. And so that the memory of that, the thought of that, that someone was beaten for us, that someone was, was just like went through all of that for us and didn't have to, but he did. You know, it's very moving. And uh, statistics show that throughout the world that it is very moving. Now, what's sad is, okay, so Jesus died on the cross. He died. He resurrected. He was resurrected on the third day. And what's sad is the, the very next week, the week after Chris, uh, Christmas, aha, the week after Easter, <laughs> the week after Easter is the least attended service throughout the year. Not here, though. The, the bleachers are full. I'm loving this. This is awesome. See, so look at someone say we're the real Christians. We are the real followers of Christ, you know, but statistics show that the week after Easter is the least attended service. So what happened? After, you know, Jesus dies on the cross and we're all emotional, we're all showing gratitude, we're all thankful, and then the next week is like, all right, back to normal, you know, life, life goes on, you know. Is that what kind of happens? I don't know. So the name of this message tonight is, so now what? Look at someone and say, so now what? So Easter's done, Easter's behind us, so now what? What do we do? You know? Anyone, anyone do Easter egg hunts? Did you guys get Easter baskets? Who got an Easter basket? Tell the truth, tell the truth. You know what I'm saying? I know, like, adults that are still getting Easter baskets. I'm like, uh, you got to cut that off. <laughs> you know, so some adults are still getting Easter baskets. So, so now what? So after Jesus resurrected on the third day, he appears to, to the, his disciples sporadically throughout the town. And um, it, it's amazing because when Jesus appeared, some of them were like, who is this? Who, who are you? You know, they didn't recognize him. You know, it was like, uh, I'm the one that was like raising people from the dead and I healed you and you know, you don't recognize me all of a sudden. So I need a good reader. Who's a, I need a reader, reader, reader. Well, Layla did it last time, so did you do it, Amanda? Okay, come on, Amanda. Layla, I, yo, I don't want to be, you know what I'm saying, they got to be like, yo, always pick Layla. Yes. No, Layla's smart. Layla's like, That's smart people school. Who go to the smart people school? Well, people are like, mm. <laughs> Who go to the eh, people school? <laughs> eh, eh. We'll see what happens. Who go to the we'll see what happens school? <laughs> okay, let's start here. And we're going to go all the way over. Okay. Can I hold it? Yeah. On the evening that, on the, e hold on. So I need a good reader. Um, <laughs> I need. <laughs> you got it. Oh, glasses? You need glasses? No. It's the light. No, it's the light. It's, it's the light. It's the light. No, legitimately, it is. 
it's like a landing strip. Okay, there you go. There we go. There yeah, you it's go. like a plane you want to land right here. <laughs> okay. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands inside. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Give it up, give it up, give it up. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Okay. So Jesus appears to the disciples. See, Jesus also appeared to some of the disciples that were fishing and same thing happened before. The disciples were out there, and they were catching no fish. And Jesus like, here we go again. You know, so Jesus like, cast over here. And they cast over there, and they catch a boatload of fish. And they're like, who is that? Jesus like, really? Again, they don't recognize him. It's three days after, after, the, past, after the crucifixion, and they're like, who is that dude? They don't even see the signs. So, I mean, how many, of us, how many times does God do things in our lives, and we don't recognize the signs? God, is that you? Is, is that you? Uh, it looks like a blessing. It smells smell like a blessing. Is that you, God? It's kind of what we do, isn't it? So, again, the disciples are doing this, and Jesus is like, hello, y'all are clueless. So I love this part because it says that the disciples were together with the door locked with fear from the Jewish leaders. They were in the, door, in the, in the little house with the door locked with fear. So... Although the door is locked, it says Jesus came and stood with them. So the door is locked, but Jesus is like, hey, what's up? <laughs> you know? So that should have been enough right there. We had the door locked, so how did this man enter the home? They didn't even get it. Yeah, Jesus. You know? Yeah, I heard you. <laughs> the streets always are listening. So that wasn't enough. So Jesus is saying to them, Peace be with you. Peace be with you. For I am sending the Holy Spirit to guide you. Let me get one more reader. Where's another, there another reader? So, so? Come on, Joe. Come on, Joe. Let's get that right there. This is about where he appears to Thomas. <clears throat> he went to raise Lazarus from the dead because of the danger from those in the area who had just earlier tried to stone him. Thomas said to them, let us also go that we may die with him. Thomas also asked him one of the most famous questions. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Yeah, give it up, Joe. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? What's up? So, Jesus appears to the disciples, he reveals his, his scars to them, but Thomas gets nicknamed, Thomas gets a rap. Thomas, Thomas gets this bad rap. He's called Doubting Thomas, because the disciples come to Thomas and say, we saw our Lord and Savior, they're like, nah, man, <laughs> that dude died, man, I saw it, I was there. He's on the cross, they stabbed him, 
He had holes in his head. Now, unless I see the holes in his hands, unless I see the, the, the pierce in his ribs, I'm not going to believe it. So he got nicknamed Doubting Thomas. But Thomas was a good man because when all the other disciples were fearful, when Jesus went to raise Lazarus from the dead, Thomas was like, let's go. I got you. You know? But I mean, it was like, Jesus, I don't think we should go. You know, that looked a little dangerous. Thomas was like, no, let's go. I got you. So, but Thomas is saying uh, for, let me find that part, brother, and receive. La, 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 la. It doesn't say that, but yeah. So Thomas is saying, so, so Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus answers and says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So no one comes to the Father except through me. How many of us, so Easter's passed, God has done, you know, tremendous things in our lives, and how many of us are like Thomas? I've had some doubting in my life, just like Thomas. I've doubted. Let's be honest. Who who has doubted? You know, this whole, okay, God, and this whole, you know, is this this real, you know? So Thomas is saying, I want to see the holes. I want to stick my hand, my fingers through the holes. So... He gets nicknamed Doubting Thomas for this, but I probably would have been the same way because I would have been like, nah, you ain't Jesus. You know what I'm saying? I know, I know Jesus, you know, and, unless it, it looks and, and, and feels and, you know, but we got to be careful not to be led by emotions. We got to be careful to be not led by, by sight because Jesus says to him, you know, I'm, I'm thankful that you have, you have seen the holes in my hands but blessed is the one that has not seen, that still believes in me, is what Jesus is saying. So for us, after Easter's done, after everything is, you know, all the Easter cells, any of your parents or you guys go and get the Easter cells, the after Easter, uh, you know, candy and stuff, so you can, I'm like, that's going to be nasty next year. You get after Easter, you know, cells, that's going to be like, I know some parents, I ain't going to say no name. I know some parents that was like, I got, I got some Easter candy on sale. And so your Easter basket, that shit going to be good. Mm. So, so doubting Thomas, he doubted. But how many of us have doubted before? I mean, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I have doubted before. But Jesus is saying that I am the way, I am the truth. I am the light. No one comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus sends, is saying to them, I, I'm sending you the Holy Spirit. So, so now what? So now that Easter's done, so now what? Let, let me ask you guys. Maybe you guys know. So now what? Easter's over. Now what? Yeah. Huh? Get through school? Okay, get through school. So now what? What's, what's next? Easter's over. The resurrection's over. Jesus has risen from the dead. So now what? Any takers? It's our turn to step up and do what? Evangelize. Okay, I like that. I like that. Okay, then that we're there on Easter Sunday. Okay, so now what? What y'all going to do? Jesus appears in, in, in signs and wonders, and you're going to be like, who's that? Jesus is blessing people. Are we going to be like, you know, okay, so? So now what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so here's the thing. Let me get one more reader. I need a reader. Come on, Nate. Nate, wait, wait. 
Get this. Okay, come on. All right, Nate. Huh? See like Blake? Well, Blake read the uh, the worship scripture. Blake, give props to Blake. Come on, Blake. That's good. Give give Blake a round of applause for reading that. Because it takes courage to come up here and speak. See how y'all, some of y'all looking like, mm-hmm. Like, impress me. Some of y'all looking like, whatever. When you look, when you're looking out at you at your beautiful and handsome faces that are not always smiling and not always warm and receptive, it's intimidating. Sometimes I'm like, Lord Jesus, help me right now. Spirit, move. Spirit, move right now. You know? So I'm giving you a little icebreaker night. So you get them laughing, that's it. Okay, you ready? It's okay. So you wanna you wanna practice run through it? That's what see that's what you do like I be doing, like so Marcus you ever do that who does this in class when you you ever do like a group reading assignment and the teacher is going through the class and you gotta read a section and you're like, okay, one, two, three, four, five people. So I gotta read I gotta read right here. So I'm like, okay, so then they came and said, so so that when it's my turn, I'm like, so they came and said that I was there. <laughs> yeah, I was that guy. All right, Nate, I gave you another opportunity. You read through it again? How many times? Okay, good. You good to go? You want to hold a mic? You want me to hold it? I got this. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son. No. <laughs> and of the Son. And of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. That's what's up, baby? That's what's up. So Jesus came back to reassure the disciples. He came back to to boost their self-esteem. He came back because once the crucifixion was over, Everyone scattered. Everyone just took off. You know, kind of like when you turn the light on and bugs go and take off. You know, they all just scurried away. I'm not calling them cockroaches. I'm not calling y'all cockroaches. But y'all kind of disappeared like a bunch of cockroaches. You know? So Jesus came. This is called the Great Commission. This is the last thing that Jesus came on earth to instill into the disciples, to go out and disciple. So then Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples. Go and make disciples in all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. By the way, um, Angie got baptized this morning. So proud of you. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And... That's the next uh, step of obedience when you've given your life to Christ. So if anyone has given their life to Christ and want to be baptized, see uh, any of my awesome uh, leaders or myself after the service, and you too can walk in that next step of obedience. So baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey. Look at someone say, teaching them to obey. Everything that I've commanded you. So Jesus is saying, I want you to help me the way I helped you help this dying and hurting nation. 
So that's the great commission where Jesus is saying, go out and disciple. Go out and tell people about me. I didn't just die on this cross. I didn't just get beaten for nothing so that you could just be like, you know what? <laughs> I got the golden ticket. I'm going to heaven. I'm going to heaven. It's not about that. It's about helping someone else go to heaven. You see what I'm saying? So Jesus is saying, go out and disciple. Go out and disciple. And I'm sending you the Holy Spirit. I'm sending you the Holy Spirit. So our, like Josiah said, you hit it right on the head. So, so now what? So what our, 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 our job is, our responsibility is, is uh, we are to continue the work that Christ has accomplished by reaching the lost for Christ. To continue the work that Christ has started and accomplished by reaching the lost. That's one thing we're supposed to be doing. We have a task to complete, to complete a job, to finish, to finish a mission, and to accomplish the mandate that Christ has, has given us. Jesus tells the disciples to wait until the uh, promised one has come, that God is sending the Holy Spirit. So God has sent the Holy Spirit for us. The Holy Spirit glorifies the work that the Son has accomplished, that we might have a relationship a relationship with the Father. So the Holy Spirit is coming so that we can have a relationship with the Father. The Holy Spirit has come to enlighten them, to enlighten us. He does this by bringing to mind all the memories, all the effects, all the signs and wonders that Jesus. See, the Holy Spirit is our guide through life. So Jesus did all the heavy lifting. Jesus bore our, our sickness, our disease, our, our sin on that cross. So Jesus had the hardest task, and the Holy Spirit is coming to, to, to magnify that, to, to uplift that, to, to uh, encounter, in, in, in equip us. So the Holy Spirit glorifies the work that has already been accomplished through Jesus Christ, and he does that by reminding us of what the ultimate sacrifice that Jesus did for us. So... That's what it's like in heaven. Every time someone gives their life to Christ, it's a party. No, for real. It's a party in the heaven. I know. That's just stuck in my head now. Stop it. Sing something else. I know. All right. Let's have a moment of silence. So the Holy Spirit glorifies. Next, the Holy Spirit comes to enlighten us. The Holy Spirit comes to enlighten us. So he does this by bringing those memories. See, the disciples had a hard time. Once Jesus was crucified, to be a follower of Christ was a very dangerous thing in those, in those days. Each of the disciples died a, a horrific, a horrible death in the end. Even Peter that denied Jesus three times, you know, he finally got it right in the end, and he stood firm on what he believed. So they needed the Holy Spirit to, to be that guide, to be that comfort for them. The same way we do right now. So many people were saying, you know, when you, when you think about Easter, I heard so many people saying, I will die for you, Lord. I will die. I heard them just kind of praying and crying out. And I've heard this over the years that, oh, God, I would die for you too. And they kind of make fun of Peter for denying him three times. And in that situation, when someone, you know that someone's going to kill you, and, and the way they were going to die was being crucified, which is it ain't like just, you know, dying of natural causes. Being crucified was, was excruciating, brutal, pain. 
So I'm sure I'd have been like, I don't know who that, I never saw him. Mm -mm. I don't know who that is. <laughs> Shoot. I mean, I saw him, I was at a party when he turned water into wine, but you know, that, about, that was about it. But no, for real. So they needed the Holy Spirit. So Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to, to be an encouragement, to enlighten them, to give them, to equip them, to give them the, the strength, to remind them of what their Lord and Savior did for them. And that same Holy Spirit is, is, is here for us. So after Easter, when we're back in school and we're back in work, you know, the, the, the thing we want to do is rely on that Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is here to enlighten us, to equip us, to provide us with, with grace and strength and energy when we're down, when we're discouraged, when we're doubting like Thomas. Thomas was doubting, you know. Thomas was tired. Thomas was probably just mentally, physically frustrated. I've been there to where I'm doubting sometimes, like, Lord, I don't know. And the Holy Spirit comes to refresh me, to give me strength, and he'll do the same thing for you guys. So as we go and, and share God's love, see, because love is what it's all about. Love is what's wrong with this nation. Love is why you see you know, the lack of love is why you see all these shootings in schools and, and, and all these other places because the enemy knows that if I can take out the love, there'll be nothing but hatred. There'll be nothing but judgment. There'll be nothing but just horrible, you know, things happening. So the love, so God so loved the word that he gave his only begotten son. So I was saying that so many people are like, God, I would, I would die for you, Jesus. I would die for you too. You sacrificed your life for me. I would, I want to do that. I want to, how can I pay you back? And, and, and Jesus is saying, you don't have to die, but will you live? Will you live for me? Will you live for me? Will you share my story? Will you share what happened on that cross with so many people that need to hear? The, the hurting, the dying, you know, people that are lost in this world. That feel hopeless. I don't need you to die for me is what Jesus is saying. I don't need you to die. I already did that. Will you live? Will you live for me? Will you live? That means, will you uphold my stature? Will you, you know, uphold my commandments? Will you honor each other? Will you respect each other? Will you love each other? People are like, I don't know if I can do that. Wait, you just said you would die for me, but you can't live for me? And that's, kind of where the church is. That's kind of where this nation is right now. And we wonder why we are where we are. Because no one's willing to sacrifice ourselves. Because it's all about me. And it should be about others. So Easter's over. So are we going to wait till next year? 364 days. We'll wait until next year to show compassion, to show love, empathy for each other. When Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. The Great Commission is Will you go and disciple? He commanded his disciples, go and disciple. Go and tell people about me. Don't go, don't hide anymore. Come out of your hiding. And they did. Go and tell people about me. I'm sending you the Holy Spirit to give you strength, to give you the words, to give you the courage, to give you whatever you need. So I want to encourage. I want to encourage each and one of each and every one of you to let's not let Easter be an annual event. Let's not let the crucifixion be an annual event. 
to where we commemorate and we just remember everything that he did for us annually, once a year. Let's take him into the schools. Let's take him into our workplace. Let's take him into our neighborhoods, into our families. For some of us, our families. But it starts with love. Loving each other. Not being so savage with each other. Not being so just so quick to roast each other, but being compassionate, having being compassionate, having empathy for each other. The world will be a better place, and it starts with you guys. You guys are the future. Did you know that? Look around, because this is the future. Doctors, lawyers, politicians, you know, entertainers, evangelists, pastors, preachers, worship leaders. guys are the future. So what kind of future are you going to make this? Is the future going to be about you or is it going to be about others? Because you guys are it. You're looking at it. You are the footprint, the blueprint for the next multi-generations. Your offspring's kind of scary and we're going to, yeah, we're going to wait for the offspring, but your offspring, (laughs) your kids, your kids that you have, you're the future. But it, it starts with this foundation. It starts with getting, you know, this foundation on the inside of, of, of loving each other, having compassion for each other, being other-centered. Being a disciple yourself is, is being a, a follower of Christ and not just a hearer of Christ. See, some people can hear the word, and then there's doers of the word. So when you're hearing the word, you're, you're no more than just a convert. You've just been converted. So I heard that, you know, this is the place to be, so I guess I should be what, you know, you're, you've been converted. But a disciple is someone that chooses to follow Christ. So be, make a conscious decision to follow Christ. Be a leader. Set the imprint for you, for your future, for your kids. So many, so many parents to this day, because their parents, you know, stifened or didn't allow them to, come to church you know so it's just like this generational thing break the cycle if your family is saying that you know what i don't know about this whole christianity thing you know break the cycle be like well i do i do know about it and go and disciple one person at a time and jesus has said that i'm sending the holy spirit to comfort you i'm sending the holy spirit i tell you you know there's i'll be in walmart and all these different places target wherever and I don't always know what to say. And someone will just come up like, huh. So yeah, you like Velveeta too, huh? I'm like, really, God? <laughs> I see you. It's not really about the Velveeta, is it? And there it goes. It starts. People who just, have you ever been somewhere and someone just strikes up a conversation with you out of nowhere? And it's just like, okay, hi. Yeah. Sometimes it's creepy. Yeah, sometimes it's weird. Sometimes it's a guy trying to pick you up, so girls be careful. So that's not always God. <laughs> like, you mean when, when, when Luke came and talked to me, that was God? Maybe not. <laughs> but look for those opportunities. Look for the opportunities. Guys, the same thing when a girl comes up and was like, <laughs> hi. <laughs> I don't know. That's not God. I don't know. But no, God can use any, any situation. God can use any opportunity. But the whole thing is, can we live for him? We owe him that much, don't we? Can we live for him? And that's what I want to kind of, you know, so now what? So now we, we live for him. 
we honor him in the ultimate sacrifice that he did for us by sharing his love with others. So at this time, if you do not have a relationship with God, I want to give you an opportunity just in case you may be saying, well, I would love to do this, Marcus, but I don't even have a relationship with God. So let's start there because it starts with a relationship with God. And if you do not have a relationship with God, then I want you to know that my relationship with God is just like my relationship with my wife, with my sons, to where I talk with him every day. I ask him questions. I, I've cried to him. I've laughed with him. Like, <laughs> yeah, you see that? You, you made that. You did that. <laughs> you know? But having a relationship with God should be just like a relationship with your siblings. Your, well, not like your siblings. That could be bad. <laughs> for some reason. No, having a relationship with God, it should be interactive. And if you don't have a relationship with God where you can talk with God, you can pray with God, then I want to invite you. We're all going to close our eyes. Everyone close your eyes, bow your head. This is between them and God. And if you do not have a relationship with God, then I want to give you an opportunity to invite him into your life. One of the best decisions I ever made in my life was inviting the Holy Spirit to come live on the inside of me. When I felt empty, when I felt lost, when I felt alone, the Holy Spirit came in and filled that void. When I was turning to girls to fill the void, the Holy Spirit's like, no, 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 they're not going to fill that void. You know, only I can fill that void. So I want to encourage you to, to listen to the words that I'm saying. I'm talking to you. That you don't have to do this by yourself. That God is alive, he's real, and you can have a real relationship with him. So no one looking around. And if you would like to have a relationship with God, you raise your hand and count of three. One, I see that hand. One, two, three. I see that hand. I see that hand. I'm gonna let it marinate because that that feeling in your stomach—that's nerves. Kind of like, should I do this? I don't know. One of the best decisions that I ever made in my life. So, if you didn't raise your hand, I want to give you an opportunity to raise your hand. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, died on the cross for our sins so that we didn't have to smell the scent of hell, so that we didn't have to perish, so that we didn't have to suffer. He did that for us. He loved us so much that he did that for us. If you have not raised your hand and you would like to have a relationship with God, I want you to slip your hand up. No one's looking around. It's between you and God. Go ahead and raise your hand. I'm going to give one more invitation. You may have had a relationship with God before, but you absolutely turned away from him to where you were not praying. You, you know you were involved in things that you should not have been involved in, and you kind of turned your back on Christ. And this is the time for you. See, on the Christ, Jesus died and bore our sins, but he also paved the way for reconciliation so that he, so there's forgiveness, atonement for our sins. So if you turn from Christ and just doing things on your own and living a life of, of sin, but you want to turn from that. You, you, you don't like what you're becoming, the person that you're becoming, and you want to change your life. Then I want to give you an opportunity to, to make that decision as well. So if that applies to you, then go ahead and slip your hand up. I see that hand.
I'm going to give it four more seconds because I know the Holy Spirit's telling me there's more people. But that's, see, the thing is, God is a gentleman, and he won't force himself on you. You have to make a conscious choice, a decision to follow him. So he would never force you to do anything that you don't want to do. It's your choice. We're free will agents. So I'm going to give you a couple more seconds. If you would like to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, go ahead and raise your hand if you haven't already. All right, everyone can look up. Let's stand to our feet. We have people that have raised their hand to. Yeah. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So we're all going to say this prayer together because we are a family and we all have made this prayer or said this prayer at one time in our lives. So let's uh, say this prayer. Repeat after me. Lord God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for me. Please forgive me for my sins. Please forgive me for making the wrong choices and decisions in my life. Holy Spirit, come and live on the inside of me. Empower me to be the Christian that the Bible says that I can be. As I read my Bible, as I come to church, I thank you that my life will never be the same after today. In Jesus' name, amen.